You are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Broad River Church. Let's get ready to listen to God's Word. Amen. I want to invite you to Scripture right away today. Galatians chapter 6 is where we're going to be today. I'd love for you to turn to Galatians chapter 6. It's more on the right side of your Bible. If you're a guest with us and don't have your own Bible, there's one down in front of you um, or underneath your chair. Page 975 is where we're going to be today. If you want to find this, page 975. As you're finding that, I want to introduce myself. My name is Kevin. Uh, Along with my wife, Jacinta, we're lead pastors here. We're so glad you made the decision uh, to be in church today. And I want to invite you to something that's happening this coming Wednesday night. It's one of the things that we do that is just, I think, the most awesome, one of the most awesome things that we do. A few times a year, it is called Worship Night. Anybody excited about Worship Night? Amen. This Saturday, this Wednesday at 7 p.m., here's what I'm going to say about that. I've been praying for uh, quite a while now and just feel like God has something special that he wants to do in this gathering um, and asking him for just supernatural things and for him to speak to us like we've never heard from him before and move in a way that we've never felt before. God's presence is always powerful, but we can pray. We can see this in Scripture and ask him to show up. And so that's what we're doing. We believe that he's going to. And um, I want to just tell you to get here early to get a good seat. Um, Seven o'clock, all, both Sono Campus and, and Silvermine will be here. So it's going, to be, it's going to be a really good gathering. We hope that you will be there for worship night. Broad River Church is one church in your location. I want to just take a moment and just thank God for all those that are worshiping here, but also those that are gathered across town worshiping right now at all four of our services today. Those that join us online today, thank you. Let's give God praise right now for all of those that are here. I wonder if you've ever stopped to think about what your life will look like five years from now. I know some of you have because it's an exercise that people do. You just stop to think about how, however old you are right now, add five years on top of that and ask, what do you think your life is going to look like five years from now? Now, let me, because I really want you to do this, let me give you four categories to kind of help you start thinking in that direction, to get this picture in your head. Let's start with spiritually, and then what will your life look like relationally? What will your life look like financially? And what will you be like physically five years from now? Get this, what, what is the spiritual trajectory of your life right now? What is that saying about your future spiritual life? So when you think about spiritually, based on what's happening to you right now, you might say, you know what, five years from now, I'm going to be closer to God than I ever have been before. I'm going to be letting his word dwell in my heart. I'm going to be directed by the spirit of God. My impact is growing and I'm reaching more people. I'm becoming more like Jesus. Five years from now, based on right now's trajectory, I'm just going to be going higher and higher. For some of you, maybe you're kind of hitting a spiritual low right now. Getting to church, even just getting to church is difficult for you. Some of the old habits, old sins, we like to call them in the Scripture because that's what the Bible calls them, are creeping back up. Five years from now, maybe you're not doing as well spiritually. You might have lost a little bit of faith. You might have fallen into some old patterns. You might have become what the Bible calls Luke warm. You might have even drifted from God. So what will your life look like five years from now spiritually? Let's talk about relationships. What about your friends five years from now? So right now, yeah, I'm developing some God-honoring friendships. So you're going to be stronger. Why? Because you're sharpening one another. Maybe you don't really have any really good friends, and those that you have are kind of a bad influence on you. So what will your friendships look like? If you're married five years from now, actually, let's change that. When you're married five years from now, I shouldn't say if, I should say when. 
especially if you're married right now. It's not if, it's when, okay. <laughs> based on where you are, you could be closer than you ever have been before, or based on your trajectory, maybe you're continuing to struggle. You may be fighting to stay married. Where, where will you be relationally? How about financially? Based on your trajectory, say, you know, we're going to be debt-free, baby. I love seeing this testimony from Wendy B., right? Uh, we're going to be no more student loans, no more car payments, no more credit card payments. What, you've got financial margin, okay? Other of you, you're going to continue on the same path you are right now. Maybe the debt's going to grow. Maybe the financial pressure will grow. You're going to find yourself five years from now worse off than you are right now physically. Where will you be five years from now physically? Even though you're five years older, we know you can actually be stronger in five years, healthier, you could be more energetic, more healthy, or you may be more tired. You may be unhealthy, lacking in energy. I want us to stop and think for a moment in these big categories of life and ask ourselves, where do you think you'll be five years from now? It's the final week of this series called Why Change Now. Let me just mention, a lot of what I'm going to say today is built on these other five weeks. And so if you find some holes in what I'm saying, all of these are available online, all the places, audio and video versions, you can find them, all right? We've been doing something this year in May that I'm calling an early year reset. I've said, let's take this time before it gets too late in the year to do a, a reset. This is the reason, for the most part, here's what your life will look like. Now, yes, there are external forces that happen. There are things that are outside of control. We can never be completely accurate when we do this kind of exercise, but we can predict with a high degree of accuracy what your life will look like in five years. Somebody's asking, is he ever going to read Galatians chapter 6? I'm going to get there, okay? Why can we predict it with accuracy? Because the habits you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. Let me say it again. When you're born, you look like your parents. When you die, you look like your habits. Everybody get that? Because the way that you're living today shapes who you become tomorrow. The final question I want to put in front of you in this series is, do you like the direction your habits are taking you? Do you like the trajectory of your life based on your current habits? Because your intentions don't normally determine your direction. Just what you want doesn't normally depend, determine what you become. Hope is a good thing, but hope alone doesn't change your life. Habits do. Let's read God's Word and jump in. Galatians chapter 6, verse 6 says this, Let the one who is taught the Word share all good things with the one who teaches. Our key verse for today. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Lord Jesus, please speak to us today. Thank you, Lord God, for the, the beauty that's already been on display in this building today. Thank you, Lord, for new life. We celebrate the lives of these children that you've given to us. Lord, now we ask that you would open our hearts to receive. Please speak to us. Please start with me that my words and my meditations may be pleasing to you. You are my rock and my redeemer. We love you in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said amen. Amen. That's good. It's important when we read the Bible that we really feel it. Sometimes it's hard to feel it for a couple of different reasons. Sometimes it's hard to feel it because it's become too familiar to us, and we've heard the verses over and over, and so they become cliché. Sometimes it's exactly the opposite. We don't feel it because we don't really understand what the words on the page are designed to say. And so you need to feel this first verse that we just read when Paul says, or the second verse, he says, don't be deceived. What he said, God cannot be mocked. 
a very literal translation of this, uh, God cannot be mocked. A very, uh, uh, don't be deceived. A very literal translation would say something more like this. Don't be stupid. These are really strong words from this early church leader named Paul. He's basically setting before us two options. We see this all throughout the Bible. He says, if you're sowing to the flesh, in other words, if you have the habits or a lifestyle that are connected to your sinful nature, the result is going to be destruction. On the other hand, if you sow seeds or if you have habits of the Spirit, the result will be eternal life. He said, don't be stupid. This is simple. Destruction and death or eternal life and godliness. And if this seems heavy, it's because it is. Get this, you reap what you sow. So do you like the direction that your habits are taking you? Do you like the harvest that is coming because of the seeds that you're sowing right now? Let me catch you up on how we've arrived at week six. Week number one, Pastor Jacinta was right here in this pulpit saying that real and lasting change isn't behavior modification. If you want to change, don't just be focused on behavior modification. What is real and lasting change? Spiritual transformation, right? What does it mean? If you just change the behavior, but you don't let God change your heart, what's going to happen? The behavior's coming back. So we said you need a spiritual who. We start with identity. I've spent about a couple of weeks defining my spiritual who all over again. Who is it that God is calling you to be? We start with identity. Then we looked at our spiritual why. Why do we want to change? We don't want to just change so we can be healthier and wealthier, right? We want to change because we want to honor God with the way that we live. That's the habits of our life. We ask based on who you want to become, actually spiritual what was the third week? A spiritual what? You remember, this is the habits. Based on who you want to become, what's the question? What one new habit do you need to start? I wonder how many of you took that question seriously and started putting down that habit that you needed to start, right? Then we talked about what the spiritual what not. Based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to stop to get out of your life something that is not God-honoring? By the way, if you were not able to bring to mind a habit that you need to stop. It's not because you don't have any habits that you need to stop. It's because you gave up on the exercise and decided not to do it. 14 people like that. That was good, all right? Last week, we looked at our spiritual how. Help me out here. How do we change? We're not trying. We're not trying. We've stopped trying. What are we doing instead? We're in training. We're in training for righteousness. We're not trying to be righteous. We train our bodies like an athlete to become who God has called us to become. This is where we want to end with today. This one thought. How you live will determine who you become. How you live will determine who you become. Write that down if you're taking notes. Over time, the seeds that you're sowing today will shape who you become tomorrow. We saw it in Galatians chapter 6. We saw that there are laws of sowing and reaping. Their laws and God's laws, something unique about God's laws is God's laws are always true. God's laws, Congress can't come along and change God's law. That's not how it works. One of God's natural laws is called the law of gravity. Anybody heard of the law of gravity? Okay, most of you. This is good, right? So, what's the law of gravity say? It's if I trip right now and fall, if I trip and fall, I am never ever going to fall up. Every single time, I'm going to what? I'm going to fall down, right? It's a, a, a law. You don't ever go, whoop, I fell up, right? It doesn't work that way. 
These are laws that are always true. So do you like the direction your habits are taking you? We're going to do this quick. I want you to see these three laws. Law number one is you reap what you sow. In fact, let's read these together. What's law number one? You reap what you sow. What's law number two? You reap more than you sow. What's law number three? You reap after you sow. You reap what you sow. You reap more than you sow. You reap after you sow. Let's break this down. You reap what you sow. Let's look at this one by itself. If you, if you sow a certain type of seed, you're always going to get a certain type of plant. If you plant an apple seed, you are 100% of the time going to get an apple tree. You're never going to get grapes, right? It's very obvious, but it's important to understand. If you plant godly habits, you'll reap godly outcomes. The opposite is true. If you're living ungodly out, uh, habits, you'll reap godly out, ungodly outcomes. Look at how the prophet Hosea says it in chapter 10, the, just the very beginning of Hosea chapter 10. He says, but you have planted wickedness, and so, surprise, surprise, you have reaped evil. You reap what you sow. If your habits are always bad, the harvest is not going to be good. If you are late to work every single day, and when you show up for work, you have a bad attitude or a half-hearted attitude, and you still say, I want to be promoted. But I'm not really going to do anything to get promoted. And you have a bad attitude every day. What's the likely scenario? You're not likely to be promoted. Can anybody hear me today? Right? It's not because you weren't promotable. Maybe you were. You might have been the best employee that could have ever happened to that position. But it, because your habits, you're not going to be promoted because your habits did not earn the attention of those around me. Well, I need you to help me out today. If you sow seeds of lust all the time and you look at porn all the time, no, no, he did not go there, and you objectify, let me just pick on the men and the women can just replace yourself with this. It's for you too. And you objectify women all the time and you wonder why you don't have intimacy in your marriage. Let me tell you this. It's not because your spouse is bad. Seven people like that. We're going down in our odds here. It's good. Y'all, I'm going to just preach it anyway, all right? If you see, if you eat, let me get off of that. that that's too, too close to home for some of us, right? If you eat anything and everything that you want, you never exercise, you drink a six-pack of beer every single night of the week and three packs of beer every night of the weekend, and you wonder why you don't have a six-pack here, it, God is not punishing you. This is a harvest. It's a result of what you planted. Somebody get this. If you reap what you sow, in fact, I want you to write this down. If you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. This is good. If you don't like what's happening in your relationships, look at the seeds you're sowing. If you don't like your outcomes financially, look at how you're living. If you don't like how things are going spiritually, look at what you're doing spiritually. If you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. Principle number two, you reap more than you sow. Because when you sow, what does God do? God multiplies it. God multiplies it. Jesus said it this way in Mark chapter 4, verse 20. I don't think we have Oh, you do have it, all right? The seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word, produce a harvest. Watch this. What's the harvest? Of 30, 60, and 100 times as much as has been planted. Did you get this? One seed can reap 100 times as much as was planted. 
You plant a seed, you get a tree. The tree creates fruit. The fruit has more seeds. And you can plant that seed into the ground, and you get more fruit from the trees. Why? Because you reap more than you sow. It's true of every area of your life. I have found that if you are nice to a lot of people, most of the time they are nice back. When you walk in mean and nasty to a situation, people aren't nice back. Sometimes people are wondering, to me, why is everybody in my life mean and nasty to me every situation I'm in? And I always have a question too. I wonder why. Y'all didn't get all of you get that, but okay, it's all right. It's true in your marriage. It's true in relationships in general. This this one sentence from Darren Hardy in this book called The Compound Effect, I love it, summarizes what he teaches in the book. He teaches this, watch this, small, smart choices plus consistency plus time equals what? A radical difference. It's really important that you see that it's small, smart choices. Some of us never experience change in our life. Why? Because we're always looking for the big thing. We're always looking for that big change. We're always looking for that silver bullet. But what is it? It's not big, huge, uh, audacious choices. No, it's small, smart choices plus consistency plus time equals a radical difference. I'm going to move quickly. We had a chance to dedicate children today, hear about the different small groups we're making. Welcome party is happening. So our time is short today. I want to encourage you to check this principle out for yourself. Somebody get this. It's not what you do occasionally that makes the difference. It's what you do consistently. Small, consistent habits. So if you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. You reap what you sow. You reap more than you sow. Number three, everybody get this. This is really important. You reap after you sow. You reap after. You reap in a different season. If you, if you plant seeds in the fall, most of the time you don't reap in the fall. You reap in the spring. This is the reason so many people in this room get discouraged because you don't see progress fast enough. You pray five times, a, five, five straight days in a row, and you don't really feel that different spiritually. You go to the gym every day for two weeks, and at the end of that two weeks, you still can't run a mile, all right? And you're saying, what's wrong with me? Something's wrong with my gym flow. I'm doing the right things. You're paying off your debt, so you decide, you know what? I'm not going to go to Starbucks two or three times a week. I'm going to save that money. At the end of that month, you got $100, $150 to put towards your debt, and now you don't owe $37,500 on your college loan. You owe $37,400. And what are you saying? This takes too long. Anybody said this takes too long? Come on. So we come to the bad conclusion that small decisions don't matter that much, but we have to understand for the most part, Write this down. Our lives are the sum total of all the small decisions that we make. Because in every, every habit, every decision, every action, you're choosing direction. What type of person do you want to be? Why do you want to be that? Based on why you want to become that, what one habit do you need to stop? What one habit do you need to start? What, we're not trying. We're in training. We're training our bodies for righteousness. We're training our minds to think about the Word of God because what we plant, we will reap. Are we only successful if we reach that goal that we set in five years? No, no, no. That's not success. We don't have to wait until then. We don't judge, write this final thing down, the success of the day by the harvest that we reap. We judge it by the seeds that we sow. 
Come on, somebody needs to get that. We're sowing righteousness. We're sowing righteousness. Small, consistent, God-honoring, living, added up over time equals a harvest of righteousness. It equals relationships that honor God. It equals a ministry and a legacy. It equals something when you get there that you can be proud of. It equals financial strength, parents. It equals looking back and saying, you know what? We did those small things every day, and they were never easy. And sometimes, why, baby, why can't you just sleep sometimes, right? And I'm trying everything that I can to do the right things. But you look back, and you said, I did. I did pray with them before I went to bed, right? I, I, I did read God's Word to them. I I did these small things. Nothing was ground shaking at the time when I did it, but I did those things. Listen, we honor him with wise choices so that we can live his full glory. And all we do not be deceived. Don't be stupid. You reap what you sow. You reap more than you sow. You reap after you sow. So if you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. I was thinking about the way water works, heating up water, right? You put a pan of water on the stove, and you start to heat it up, and the water warms up slowly. It warms up to 80 degrees, and then you give it a little bit more fire. It gets hotter. Maybe it warms up to 140 degrees, and then it warms up to 180 degrees, and then maybe it warms up to 200 and over, 204 degrees, 205, 211. At 211 degrees, what do you have? Really hot water. You add one more degree to 212 degrees, what do you have? It boils. What happens when you live faithfully for Jesus over time? The fire of God starts to burn within your soul, and one day you're on fire. One day you're reaping a a harvest of righteousness. Amen? And people, people look at you, and they say, wow, look at you. You're an overnight success. There is nothing about you that was an overnight success. People are going to look at you. You know what they're going to say? Man, everything just works out for them. They must be lucky. Lucky's not in the Bible, okay? It's overcoming. What they didn't see is those times that you were coming up against stuff and you were renewing your mind with righteousness. You were overcoming self-doubt. You were praying and you were praying and you were seeking God and you were depending on Him. And when you got weak, you were depending on Him. It was the early mornings and the late nights and enduring criticism because when you start doing something good, all of a sudden everybody that you didn't expect to starts showing up to tear you down and so you just keep on doing the right thing and you grind it out and you're faithful and you're persistent and you're consistently faithful in the small things. Don't stop planting. Don't stop sowing. Don't stop renewing your mind. Don't stop turning back to God. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, don't become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't change. Come on, complete this early year reset with me, asking those questions. Because when you're born, you look like your mom and dad, but when you die, you look like your habits. Plant the right seeds. Would you pray with me right now? God, we pray that no matter what types of seeds are planted in the past, that you would give us the wisdom, the courage, the faithfulness to plant godly seeds today. With your eyes closed all over this building today, as you're praying today, those of you who would say, Pastor, I want a harvest of righteousness. I want a harvest of righteousness. They would pray, God, help me to plant the right seeds. 
help me to have the right habits today. If you want to pray that, if more importantly, if you want to live that, would you just lift your hands all over this building right now if that's you? Come on, just say, God, help me plant the right seeds. God, show us any area of our lives where our habits have taken us away from you. Give us the wisdom. God, give us the courage to admit it, to confess it, to plant seeds of righteousness. God, based on who you want us to become, show us what one habit you want us to start, what one habit you want us to stop. God, help us to train for who you want us to become. God, we thank you for your laws of faithfulness that we know that we will reap what we sow, that we will reap more than we sow, that we will reap after we sow. Give us the courage to do the right things. Even when nobody's looking, God, give us the courage, especially when nobody is looking. Help us to plant seeds of righteousness for a life that would honor you. Why don't you keep praying today? The greatest seed that was ever planted, the greatest gift that was when God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus. Who is Jesus, the perfect, sinless son of God who became the innocent sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins? So when you look at your life and you take an objective, kind of honest look at you, and maybe you admit that you've done some things that you're ashamed of or embarrassed of or you feel guilty for, Scripture calls those things sin. It's just missing the mark of holiness that God set for all of us. Somebody hear me today. If that's you, all of us, every single one of us have fallen short of God's standard. We've all sinned. Jesus, the only one who was without sin, died in our place. He was buried into the ground like a seed. And God raised him from the dead. We could say that that seed that was planted now creates a harvest of righteousness because of that one life that was given. Your life can be changed forever. I want you to hear this today. No matter what you've done, no matter how bad your life has been, when you call on his name, he forgives all of your sins and he makes you brand new so you can trust him with your life and he will fill you with the power of his Holy Spirit and you become completely new wherever you are. So those of you today, again, all the heads are bowed, all the eyes are closed, nobody's looking around. Those of you who would say, I need his grace. I need his forgiveness today. I want to step away from my old life by faith. I give my life to him today. I trust him. You would pray, I surrender, Jesus. I give you my life. You want to, when you do this, listen, he hears your prayers. He forgives your sins. He makes you brand new. So those of you today that would say, I want to call on him. I surrender my life to Jesus. I give you my life. If that's your prayer, just lift your hand. Where are you? All over this room right now. Just lift your hand if that's you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for these hands that are going up all of this room. Thank you, Jesus. All of this place, just lift them up and say, yes, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. Thank you for these hands that are going up all over this space. We're going to plant a seed of faith today in prayer. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you connected with this sermon, share it with a friend. You can find us on all social media platforms and YouTube. Or visit us on Sunday in person at two locations in Norwalk and three service times. Have a great week.